Today is a very difficult day to process for basketball fans everywhere and for you know anyone who has followed sports you know for the last 25 years or so you know this is a, a day where you're remembering you know, one of the greatest basketball players who ever lived Kobe Bryant and you know the news I think that you know, we're all processing is you know is very difficult to bear the fact that you know, a young man, really in the prime of his life, you know, lost his life with his 13-year-old daughter in a helicopter crash in California. And the sadness on, on that level is profound, as anyone who has, you know, a young child or children at home and the bond that, you know, a father and daughter have, you know, it's, it's a really difficult long day that, you know, we've all had since hearing about that news. And you know what, today is, you know, about looking back, you know, at a legacy that is, you know, complicated. And, you know, for Knicks fans and New York fans in general, you know, maybe somewhat distant, because, you know, the rise of Kobe Bryant as an athlete, as a player, and as a person, was far removed from, you know, the New York experience and the New York Knicks, because as his ascendancy, you know, came into focus, you know, the New York Knicks really, you know, started their long decline. So there's kind of a disconnect between how New York fans and New York Knicks fans looked at Kobe versus, you know, for example, how New York Knicks fans looked at Michael Jordan or other athletes of that level, whereas... You know, with Michael Jordan, you know, our good years during the late 80s, early 90s, you know, coincided with that great player's, you know, meteoric rise to superstardom. Kobe Bryant was a different story. Kobe Bryant, you know, appeared to us kind of as an apparition. He was a tremendously talented, um, very confident ball player who outshined basically everyone and everything around him. Even such luminaries as Shaquille O'Neal had to stand in, you know, in his shadow, so to speak. So the loss of Kobe Bryant uh, is a very difficult one to, to process because it not just reminds us of our own mortality and our own you know, fragility, it's, it's also the fact that, yeah, his legacy is complicated and the athletes who he knew and who he mentored not just idolize him and lionize him, but they look at him as, you know, every type of paternal figure that you can imagine. He was, you know, a shining light for so many, you know, young athletes. And he's, you know, his legacy on that level is, is secure. I mean, he'll be voted into the Hall of Fame. He'll have all the accolades posthumously that a person can have. You know, his, his behavior in his early life and his actions certainly, you know, were, you know, difficult to deal with on many levels. And I think that's something that non-Kobe fans, people who are not basketball fans, you know, will, will look at and say this is a person who had flaws and who did things to other people that were, um, you know, potentially criminal, but he was... And obviously, you know, it did not go forward on that level. But 
you know, he was an athlete with an outsized reputation as a, you know, as a mentor and as a friend and as a, you know, just an overall, you know, great basketball player. So Kobe Bryant's loss is, you know, is filling a lot of people with, you know, a whole range of, of emotions and feelings. I mean, I heard the news yesterday, Sunday, you know, right, right in the heart of a, you know, of an event I was with with my daughter. And my daughter's a similar age to his daughter. And it's, you know what, and it's not just the fact that something like this can happen to anybody at any time, but I think that's, it's something really personal, you know, in that fact that we're all human, we're all exposed to, you know, loss and pain at any point. And I think Kobe Bryant, whether he's, you know, the brightest star or whether how much money a person has, it doesn't matter. You're at the mercy of forces beyond your control. And I think, you know, the loss of all those innocent people, looks like nine people on that helicopter, you know, is, is something really, you know, it's, it's something really hard to reconcile. I mean, so today's podcast is not so much a recap of the Knicks-Nets game, which, you know, the Knicks won, and Frank had a, had a decent game. But the game was really secondary to, you know, to a look back at, a, at an athlete in a career and, uh, and a feeling that, you know, it's, you know, things can be taken away in a very, you know, very abrupt fashion. And it was it was kind of interesting how all the games last night or you know honored the legacy of, of Kobe Bryant with twenty four actually dueling twenty four second clock violations to start the games. And one of the more poignant moments from yesterday was you know, were the reactions of some you know pretty you know, pretty diverse collection of, of coaches and athletes. You know, you saw Doc Rivers' interview, you know, with his, you know, with his emotions and the tears and the, you know, the feeling behind his, his words. And there's no question, you're looking at that, that Kobe Bryant touched this man and he made him, you know, feel something because, you know, that interview was, was really, you know, something to behold. And even other interviews with other coaches and other players, Kyrie Irving's decision not to play, he was obviously very close uh, with, with Kobe. I mean, supposedly, you know, it's, this is a person who, you know, Kyrie called after winning his championship. And, you know, there's, there are bonds that are interwoven between all these great athletes and Kobe Bryant. And you look at... You know, the, the last week with the induction of Derek Jeter into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And, of course, Derek Jeter and Kobe Bryant are, you know, close to the same generation. Kobe's a few years younger than Jeter. But you think about the identity that they forged. Many, many behaviors and personality traits probably, you know, they shared. They both stayed with the same organization, the Jeter with the Yankees, Kobe with the Lakers for their entire careers were were winners beyond, you know, the normal scope of, of sports success. And the fact that they could be, you know, tough and difficult to deal with, 
in certain respects, but their legacies were, were outsized. You know, these were two strong-willed, tremendously versatile athletes. And I think, you know, this morning is a, is, you know, it's a reflection on, on what it means to be a great athlete and live your life in the public eye and sometimes make mistakes, sometimes transcend them, and watch every flaw that you have become magnified for public discourse. And, and this is something that we all have to contend with as each of us enters this social media universe or enters a, a, sort of, a sort of public glare with how social media is, whether it's Facebook or it's Instagram or it's Twitter or whatever else you assign your, you know, your, your public persona. So Kobe is one of the originators of this, you know, of this whole you know, view of the world because he's from the generation that grew up with the beginnings of, of the online universe and social media. So he's, he's part of this, even if he's not you know, completely of it. So this morning is a, it's a reflection on who Kobe was and what his role was. I think, you know, for many of us who are of a certain age, you know, we watched Kobe enter the league, you know, straight from high school. And there are, you know, very few athletes at that point in time, Kevin Garnett being one, who made the jump right from high school to the pros. Obviously, Kobe Bryant had a, you know, had a legacy. His, his father was a professional athlete. He had an interesting upbringing in Italy and his success in, in Pennsylvania as a high school athlete you know, was, was known. He did not reach the accolades and the attention that LeBron would, would have a few years later, but he certainly was a heralded superstar in the making. And when he entered the league, you know, after the trade from, you know, after the draft night trade from Charlotte to the Lakers, you know, his beginnings were you know, a little rocky. He was finding himself. You know, he wasn't yet the player he would become. And watching a young Kobe, you were looking at what seemed like a clone of, of the, you know, the athleticism and the moves, movements of, of Michael Jordan. And you saw that he was modeling himself after that player. So as a player who was trying to be Michael Jordan, you can imagine the, the difficulties and the internalization and the, the problems that that would cause because there's only one Michael Jordan. And as an as a spectator, someone from afar, a Knicks fan like me, watching Kobe, you're, you're seeing a, a clone who at that point was not going to be anywhere near what Michael Jordan was. At least that's what we were watching. Now, his later career certainly disproved that, but I think the, uh, the bias that a Knicks fan has looking at the Kobe situation is, is a little, you know, it's worth noting because a Knicks fan certainly was watching the, the end of a good run of Knicks teams right as Kobe and, you know, the addition of Shaquille O'Neal all meshed with, you know, championship glory for the Lakers. And so our view of the Kobe situation was one of envy, was one of comparison, and it was not a favorable one because our teams were going downhill 
and Los Angeles was in the run of a you know a great you know championship level team for many many years so I think that legacy alone you know is worth looking at because as a Knicks fan you know my feelings for Kobe are different than other great superstars you know Michael Jordan is a perfect example Michael Jordan was an athlete that you know we watched you know, from the time we were you know young teenagers all the way till we were adults and he was the greatest you know athlete ball player i ever saw in any sport maybe for, except for bo jackson but michael jordan was you know, just something amazing kobe was an incredibly immensely talented basketball player who could score seemingly at will and who also knew how to win championships and push everyone around him. And whether that was good or bad all the time, Jordan had similar personality traits in that respect too. Kobe was an incredible scorer, and he could do things on the basketball court that were you know, extraordinary. So you, as a Knicks fan, you always recognize that. And it always felt distant because we were never in the same league and never in the same competitive level as as Kobe and his teams. So it was, you know, it's been a hard road for, you know, for Knicks fans in general. And then watching a player of that caliber win in Los Angeles make it more difficult. And so, of course, it's easy to you know, train yourself psychologically to say, well, this person is not Michael Jordan or this person is a flawed person. But Kobe was, you know, he was a unique individual in many respects. He was... You know, a player who, who just never stopped working. He outworked most of his competitors. His work ethic was so legendary that the players around him on the Olympic teams would, would watch and would marvel at his ability to work. And they had to up their workout levels and their work levels to make it to the next level for their, you know, for their careers. And I think that touched everybody, whether it's LeBron or Dwayne Wade or Kevin Durant, or anyone he came in contact with. So what you have is, you know, a player who has set the tone for at least two generations of basketball players, probably in the same way that Jordan did for many of his contemporaries. But, you know, Kobe's a, you know, a unique individual, not just the fact that he had a long and storied career, but after his playing days, he... You know, he became something more. He got involved with animation and media and, you know, other basketball-related things. And he, he became something a little more. And that's something that you look at, too. This was not just an athlete finishing a career and drifting off into the sunset. He was still very much part of, you know, you know part of the public... I, he was in the public eye. He was doing things that people still were noticing. He was in the world. And with his children and his daughter, and he, you know, it's, it was the next phase of his career is shepherding his daughter you know, to, a, to a career that she wanted to, basketball player. And you know, her loss compounds this tragedy and the fact that this is a life that was not yet fully realized. So it's... And as anyone who has children, you know, understands that to get a person, a child from point A 
you know, beginning to point B, you know, self-sufficiency and independence, you know, is, is, is a, a task in, itself, in and of itself. So the fact that he was working towards that and trying to do everything he could to do that, and it doesn't matter how much money or how much authority or power, it's, it's just the act of doing it and being a good parent and being a, you know, a person who cares about their family. So I think you look at Kobe in that respect, and it's, you know, there's an evolution there from the person he you know, seemingly was as a, as, a young, as a young athlete back in the early 2000s and the mistakes made and the things that, you know, came across very badly. And, you know, it's, there's a lot to talk about there. And whether this is the time to talk about it, who knows? It may not be because loss is loss. And it's, you know, you can look at a person, point out their flaws, or you can, you know, celebrate the achievements. And I think, you know, the loss of Kobe Bryant is something, you know, different. You know, in New York... We, we lost, you know, one of the greatest athletes, you know, of, of my young childhood, and that was Thurman Munson. You know, on that August day of 1979, when I was a pretty young kid and a huge Yankee fan, and his loss was, you know, at the end of a great baseball career. Munson was starting to decline, and he wasn't done, but he was certainly not the player he was a few years before. And his loss sent the Yankees into a, I'm not going to say a tailspin, because the Yankees still made the playoffs in 1980, made it to the World Series in 81, but really the heart and soul of the Yankees was, was taken out, you know, in that, in that plane crash out in Ohio. And it was one of those defining moments of my young, you know, childhood and sports, you know, following. And the Yankees, of course, after that, you know, really... You know, didn't start winning again until 15, 16 years later. And it was a long road for, for the Yankees to come back. And that was really, you know, sucked the life out of a lot of, you know, New York sports for a while. And that's the only thing I can compare this loss to. I mean, Kobe obviously has been retired, but it still feels very present, very relevant. And... You know, those are the two sports-related things like that. And there have been others, obviously. There have been other great losses in, in sports of, you know, plane crashes and other things. And, you know, we can go back, but it's, in terms of our lives, those are the two that, you know, really stick out. And Kobe, you know, it's... There are, there are definitely millions of people who are younger than us who, you know, who may have... Seeing Kobe as, you know, as someone who's not just a poster on the wall, but as a an archetype, a certain, you know, a certain swagger that, you know, we we live with now. Two thousand twenty, is is a, you know, is a reflection of the type of person and confidence that that Kobe brought. I mean, you think about what social media is. You think about Instagram is. You think about the the feeling or the confidence or the look at me aspects and Kobe personified that. Kobe was a, you know, he was an embryonic figure in, in the beginnings of this social media culture and, and look at me and look at my enthusiasm, look at my cockiness, look at, look at what I can do. And he, he was a founding member of that, of that generation. 
So there's, there's elements of that that are built into this loss. I mean, when, when I heard the news that Kobe died, it's, it, 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 you know, how do you, how do you process that? This is a person in, his, in the prime of his life, out of his career for basketball, but it's just starting, you know, probably a million other projects that we would have, you know, ex- been exposed to. And that's, you know, and that's the legacy that, you know, that Kobe brings. Kobe, as a basketball player, you know, could score 81 points. He could score 61 at the Garden. He could score 60 in his last game. He could shoot, you know, with, with any ball player. He could score at will. Sometimes he made his teammates better and sometimes he didn't. You know, Shaquille O'Neal's relationship with him is, is well-documented very complicated, very difficult. You know, it's there's a real sense of loss that I think he feels because their relationship was so rocky and so difficult. You know, Shaquille, as a Laker, you know, craved you know the spotlight and wanted to be the number one guy, but it seemed Kobe won the hearts of you know of Laker fans very quickly, and the fact that he was not a mercenary or a free agent or came from another team, you know, played into that. Just probably similar to the way that Magic Johnson and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, and their roles in Laker history. Whereas one came over from Milwaukee and was not a mercenary per se, but, you know, someone from somewhere else versus Magic, you know, a drafted Laker and a career Laker. And I think similar with Kobe and with Shaq. Shaquille was... You know, coming from Orlando, and he wanted the spotlight, and and I think Kobe took it away from him, and I think the rivalry and the jealousy played into that squabble, and it got ugly there too, and I think that's part of Kobe's legacy is he just outlasted a lot of the controversies that surrounded him, and he became the person that you know we saw up until his his passing. And you know what, it's, you know, loss is a, is a hard thing to, you know, to, to, you know, to talk about, especially if you're in a point of your life where, you know, you've lived long enough to see beginnings, middles, and ends. And it's something that you really have to, you know, think about once in a blue moon to, you know, look at the world and say, you know what, hey, if you're having a good day or a bad day, you know, it's, it's just part of, your, part of a life. And Kobe's, you know, world was, you know, different than most of ours. I don't think we know what it's like to be shepherded place to place by a, you know, by a helicopter. But, you know, there's a sense of, you know, trying the best and doing the best for your family and making decisions that you think will save, you know, save time or energy or, and that's, you know, he was, a, he was afforded that opportunity to do that. So this loss is, you know, is a tough loss, not just for people who follow basketball or sports, but for his family and for everyone that's come across this type of person or athlete. So here we are. It's, you know, it's 2020. It's a day in January where, you know, we were not expecting to be remembering a person right in the prime of their life. And the basketball legacy of one of the greatest basketball players who ever lived, a champion five times, 
a person who, you know, as far removed from New York and from our mediocrity as was humanly possible, but still an athlete that all of us, including Knicks fans, could look at and, and you know, stare in amazement and awe at, at the talent that he, you know, that he showed and the confidence that he exuded. So, you know, the legacy of Kobe Bryant is, is one of, you know, where we are as a culture and as, you know, and it's something that you see the, in every young person, the, the drive to be better than, you know, what came before and the confidence in, in moving ahead in life and not just letting one thing define you. And I think that's, you know, that's what Kobe's legacy really is, is he was an athlete and a person who, you know, with all of his flaws and all of his problems, you know, he's, he just continued to take everything day in, day out and do what he thought was the best. And he made an impact on many, many people and many athletes. So there'll be a grouping of the population that looks at what he did back early in his career and the things and the pain he caused and felt that you know, he didn't get the uh, punishment that he deserved. And there'll be many people that look at this as just a sad day for an athlete they revered and looked up to and try to emulate potentially. So as a, you know, as a, as a part of this you know, very brief podcast, you know, we just want to give our you know, best wishes to everyone in you know, the Bryan family and everyone who's experiencing this loss. But you know, for, for 1973, the next podcast, you know, my name is Alan Feller, and uh, thank you for spending a few minutes, and uh, take care.